1: This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now
0: here's the PowerCat podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's Tannehill and Spiller PowerCat podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here are your hosts, former K-State tight end, Travis Tannehill, and former Wildcat safety, Monte Spiller.
2: Welcome back, week two. Tana and Spiller podcast. Fortunately, we might be bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks of us and two, uh, two notches in the loss column for the Cats. So, oh, saw you at the game. Yeah. I was about the highlight of my day. No doubt. No doubt.
3: <laughs> I was, uh, the weather, it cleared up. Rain went away. Sun came out. Uh, the unis look good.
2: Yeah, that's another positive.
3: Yeah, they look good. Uh, the guys didn't play like it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, agreed.
3: Oh man, what do you want to start? You know, uh, the good news, the bad news, the uh, looking forward. You know, obviously the bad news we took a thirty-one to twelve loss uh, to Baylor. The good news we got a bye week. You know,
2: yeah, no, another week, to, another week to regroup. We'll touch on a, uh, we'll touch on Knowles here in a bit, and hopefully we can get him healthy. And another anytime he had a week off, that's always good. I, I was a little. I don't think we know exactly what's, what's going on there. I know it's a foot, ankle, stretch fracture. Comp- you know, I'm not a doctor. So um, I was a little surprised he even went. I know those feet and ankles are, it's like you got to give it time to heal 100% or you're going to be playing hurt for a long time. So I, I was a little, a little, uh, Disappointed almost to see him out there. I was like, no, no, just just let him just let him heal up, and we got another bye week. So that's like fourteen days yeah. difference there. Where hopefully he didn't re aggravate or re injure anything. So yeah, what are your thoughts on that? You ever played through an injury like that where you just couldn't quite get healthy?
3: Yeah, and and think about it is with a skilled guy like him, you know, he makes a lot of cuts and. He's a speed guy, and your feet, your ankle, whatever it may be, that's super, super important. You know, I looked at him, and I saw him warm up, and I was excited for him. But on the flip side, kind of like you said, you know, don't rush him back. And I'm glad the young man wants to be out there and wants to be part of the team because he is a key contributor. But, you know, it's early in the season, um, in the Big 12 season. Let's save the guy. If he's not 100%, you know, keep him out, let him heal up, and uh, have some other guys hopefully step up.
2: Not only early in the season, but, I mean, early in his career. I mean, I know guys who have battled injuries for their whole entire career, and they just, for whatever reason, it always seems like it's especially those feet. I mean, guys (laughs) with bad toes or bad, you know, um, the turf toe. I mean, that'll that'll bog guys down for two or three years, just never cleans up and never gets healed. So, obviously, young in his career as a freshman, you just – and you know the off season's a long a long time to heal up so 98% of those injuries heal up in the off season and obviously you got nothing to uh, you know, no reason not to rest a guy in the off season. So right. hopefully, um, hopefully they, they just didn't set him back. Cause we, but we could have used him. You know, one catch, five yards. Not to, you know, I think they threw to him four times in that first uh, that first quarter, and he right. was getting open. We just couldn't find him.
3: Yeah, exactly. And uh, going, at, speaking of getting open, you know, it's one of those situations. Uh, there were a lot of low lights rather than highlights of the game, and, and I'm gonna kind of touch base on something we talked about. You know, I was disappointed. Uh, and the way the offensive line played Saturday. Being a veteran group, I expected a lot more of them uh, in, down in Stillwater and, and figuring, hey, we got a week to recover, uh, see what we did wrong. It's a Big 12 home opener. It's Fort Riley Day, new unis. The weather was nice. I expected our old line to come out with vengeance and just kind of control the game. And I knew Baylor had some studs at uh, D-line, which they showed. (laughs) Those guys are big and fast and powerful. And i tell you what, a couple of those guys are future NFL players. But I I expected our our O-line as a group to respond better. And, And I know they want to, but my question is, you know, what's, What's going on? At times we look, we looked lost. Um, we didn't have that fire, in my opinion. And, and there were moments where I felt like we were just hoping to make a play rather than uh, basically imposing our will on Baylor.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think I don't know. I I, I watched the Oklahoma State film. Watched it live and then watched it, watched it again. Uh, Baylor game I'll, I'll get to watch tomorrow, and that's where you can really you know press replay twelve times and see exactly what happened on a play. <laughs> but just seeing it live, I mean Oklahoma State, we were so close. We were one block away. We were, uh, you know, one missed assignment, you know, pushing to the wrong linebacker away, which is an easy fix. But this Baylor game, it was like, there's just it's just clogged up. Like like we're just getting beat. Yeah, man up. You know, we're just not moving people off the ball and not opening up those seams and it's uh which is worrisome because it's easy to you know mental errors are the easiest thing to pick up or clean up and uh you know one block away you know that's hopefully you can figure that out by the end of the year but if everyone's doing what they're asked and everyone's blocking their guy and we just can't create any movement and create any separation for those backs it's that's not a good place to be.
3: <laughs> it's not. You know, I kind of joked uh, with my wife and, and a couple of my friends that were sitting around me. I said, it's like K-State put on Baylor's uniforms and Baylor put on K-State uniforms from teams of the past. K-State was a team that, you know, took the fight to you. We imposed our will. We were physical. May not have been the most uh, athletic and the most talented uh, across the board, but Baylor, they were the more physical team and when you say baylor normally you think speed um skill guys hurry up offense not pound the rock like they did and not get to the ball and and wreak havoc havoc on on the offense and it's kind of like they they switch roles with us you know and as a k-stater and and i'm pretty sure all the k-state fans would agree we're not accustomed to just getting pushed around
2: yeah no and I don't like it, I just don't like that mentality. I think that coaching staff's trying to bring that mentality yeah, It's not yeah. like we're abandoning that and going to a spread offense i mean they this offense if it's if this offense is gonna be successful, they're gonna have to get tough and nasty and yeah. move some people off the ball. but I think too, I wasn't maybe giving Baylor enough credit coming into that game. <laughs> I don't think
3: anybody did <laughs> they were a little better than I thought they were, <laughs> so, <laughs> those guys could play <laughs>
2: yeah they they were they were pretty solid um you know, obviously sitting at 5 and 0. Oh, I mean, they got they got to be feeling real good about themselves.
3: Yeah, yeah. Anything's possible and and it's the Big 12, you know. It's one of those conferences where there's always uh, preseason, you got the top two. You got Texas. You got Oklahoma, and that's kind of a given just because of the national uh, perception. But then there's always two or three teams that you you have an inkling of an idea, say, hey, this guy can they, they can surprise you, or they can uh, jump up and beat this team. And Baylor was not one of those teams in conversation. You know, Iowa State was a team in the conversation. Oklahoma State, who up who got upset by Texas Tech, yeah. was a team in that conversation. And all of a sudden, you know, Baylor's quietly. At five and oh. They beat us, they beat Iowa State, and they played three non conference games that obviously weren't the challenges of a Big Twelve team, but the way they came here and physically outmanned us in some certain aspects, you gotta respect them. And if you don't, something's wrong with you.
2: Yeah, I mean next week they go to Texas Tech, which definitely winnable. Texas Tech looks pretty good against an Oklahoma State team, but I don't think that Texas Tech team is uh is anything to be too fearful of and then going uh on the road at oklahoma state west virginia they'll be favored at tcu probably favored at i mean they could be going into oklahoma on november 16th that'd be one two three four plus five is nine so yeah. nine and oh heading into ou right talk about a big game i mean th- th- a couple of those aren't gimmies. i mean that's they got to show oh, no. up for oh, oklahoma no. state and texas tech but you see the script Kind of maybe aligning for a big game there, yeah, against yeah. OU, and that's what that's what we all do as as fans for this Kansas State team is you look ahead and you know it's the one thing you can't do as a player, but we're fans we get to do it. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and yeah, you looked at our schedule and it lined up pretty nice, yeah,
3: and then then last week happened,
2: and then last week happened, <laughs> and then last week happened.
3: Well, and it's what those, you know, as much as um. What well, Aaron Rodgers, I believe, a couple of years ago, you know, the Packers were losing, and he basically said, you know, relax. You know, and as a K-State fan, I want to say, relax. You know, we got a bye week, and then we have Oh Gary Patterson, the defensive mastermind, TCU, um, Alex Delton, former K-State quarterback, coming into town, and that makes for a storyline as well, but, you know, and, and Gary is a Kansas guy as well, in the K-State um Guy also, so that actually adds more intrigue. I think I would hope to it, uh leading up to the game, and 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 we could easily be in a situation depending on how TCU plays this week. We could be in a situation where it's not a must-win game, but it's not a game that you want to lose moving forward in the Big Twelve because you got to look at bowl eligibility and everything else. So it's a very important game.
2: Yeah, this is a game where you. I think you got to get the get the train back on the tracks. I mean, definitely a winnable game going down to Oklahoma after that, or excuse me, Oklahoma at home after that. We all know that's going to be a huh. a tall task, not impossible, but tall task. Yeah. And so, I think this game, you got to steal one more win and, and be at that four wins heading into into the tail end of the season. And going back to you know TCU and and Alex Dunn, I don't think you and I have ever. I've never even spoken about this off air. What are your thoughts on that? A guy, you know, sitting in sitting in number two at the quarterback spot, an athletic kid probably could have found somewhere else on on the field to play yeah. if he really would have gone to the coaches and said, "Hey, I know I'm sitting in number two. I'll be ready if Skylar goes down. Right. Put me in a wide receiver. Put me yeah. in at H back. Find somewhere for me to play." And and not only transferring, but transferring to an uh, in conference in conference uh, opponent.
3: You know, there's a lot probably that went into it cuz I I believe initially he was heading to UTEP, uh, I believe.
2: I believe so. Yeah, that was and, the and the rumors that yeah. which would totally would have made sense.
3: Yeah, and and, and, I, and I can't blame the kid, you know, head coach he's familiar with um, a system that he probably would have ran that he's been running for years. So that's a sensible and then all of a sudden news comes out that he's going to TCU. And you know, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it um, initially because the persona and the belief I have with Gary Patterson, I believe he's not one of those coaches that would intentionally go out and try to grab a kid from a uh, same conference uh, to get to get an advantage. You know, I don't think that's Gary Patterson's way of operating. I think it just felt right for Alex. And as you know, you were a high school quarterback, I believe. And most quarterbacks, you guys feel like that you're the best you have to be to be a, to, to be a productive oh, and yeah. a quality yep. and I think he felt like hey you know what I'm a quarterback at heart this is a position I've played since yay little I want to continue to be playing, playing quarterback in a power five conference big 12 and I want to do it at a high level and the opportunity arose I think he jumped at it and I can't really blame the kid
2: yeah no nah. I agree, and for the record, I could have played quarterback. I blew, I blew my elbow out my junior year in high school, Uncle Rico. And I, yeah, I can't throw a baseball twenty yards anymore. But uh, I hear you. But shoot, I'd be I'm, I'd be the next Big Ben or Aaron Rodgers, or something if my elbow would have stayed intact. So there you go. Oh, we're going back to the old high school days. Yeah. Which, are we, speaking of high school, how did uh, you guys do Friday night? Yeah, we, right? uh,
3: we we did well, man. Um, I was proud of the kids. We had a big win. Um, it's 14 0 game. I was just proud of my defense. They came out.
0: Shoot, shutout. First I, one of the year?
3: It is. It nice. is. We held them to under a hundred yards rushing and they are a run heavy team. And I was really proud of the kids. They had a good time. It was homecoming. So all the players left with a smile on their face. And when we got out of the locker rooms, moms and dads and their cheerleader friends and, and girlfriends, whatever they have nowadays, young guys. So you know how that go. But it was <laughs> it was a good evening. I got to bed at a decent time and I got a good night of rest.
2: <laughs> first uh, first shutout. Out of your defensive coordinating career?
3: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I might have had one a few years back when I was out in Hayes, Kansas at a, at, a, at Hayes High. But, man, time flies. That's over almost 19 years ago, so I Shoot. don't remember.
2: Man. Man. <laughs> yeah. All right, shifting gears to uh, a, little bit of, a little bit of KU. Uh, news came out this afternoon. Fired their offensive coordinator already. I week, saw week that. Week six. I saw week that. Week six. And – uh and less is done.
3: Yeah. Less is done. Yeah. You think there's room for panic in Lawrence?
2: I mean, I, I don't – firing coordinators is always always a weird – So I mean, first of all, we don't know what's going on in that conference room. Right. In that, in that coach's meeting room. I and mean, if there's – what people don't understand is all these coaches, kind of like what you said about the quarterbacks. I mean, they are all alpha males. Yeah. They believe they're the best. And if they don't think they're the best, they're not good coaches. Exactly. So you put 12 – Grown men who are alpha, ultra competitive men in a room, Zero. and <laughs> you try to get them to agree on anything. Yeah. So, yeah. I can only imagine sometimes the uh, the conversations, the disagreements, the uh, the hierarchy, the pecking order yeah. uh, of what goes on in those conference rooms. And that's where I think it you need a good coordinator because that's the natural, you know. His way or the highway, yeah. Buck stops here. And so if your head coach is putting any doubt in that coordinator or if any of the assistants are feeling doubt with that coordinator, I think that's what really you know, is obviously detrimental to a program. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just interesting that – I mean, Les, what'd you expect? I know I mean, exactly. I mean, are, are you a little disappointed you're not putting up 35 points a game? <laughs> and, and they actually put up, I yeah. mean, I think they put up 20 against yeah, OU or yeah. something they, like that.
3: And the thing about it, I watched a little bit of that game, and they're de- and, you know, and, and as much as I'm not a fan of KU, I give them credit. Their defenses in the last several years, on the Clint Bowen, and even this year, they've had athletic defenses that give them chances to stay in games. You know, it is what it is. It's good defense, but they're so undisciplined. On so many levels, I kind of watched a few of the plays where they had Oklahoma like in third and 25, I think it was, and they end up getting the first down and end up getting a touchdown after the fact uh, based on some penalties. But you could tell certain guys are trying, but I can see the frustration. On the coaches' faces, and if you look in the stands, you know it's
2: the knitter. Did you see the knitter? Yes,
3: (laughs) that is classic. I'm like, you know, you make national news because you're knitting at a football game. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. Hey,
2: we can't talk too much, uh, too much crap. I think K State had Baylor at third and twenty-two ish, somewhere around there. Three had. Two guys there, like, what, seven, eight yards short of the yeah. sticks, and both missed them. And then we actually had one more chance. I don't remember who it was, but yeah. had a chance to make a tackle. And we heard we heard, Coach Kleiman I feel like that team had been so – like in last year and in years past, that team had been so beat up yeah. by, by the fan base, by the media, by coaches that, you know, just – They've been told they weren't very good for, for quite a long time. Yeah. So Coach Kleiman comes in and he's like, ah, we're gonna kill these guys with positivity. I don't care if they suck. We're gonna tell them they are awesome. Yeah. And hopefully they're gonna go out and play like they're awesome. Yeah. And and he's been he's been sticking to that to to, to that tune all off season. Yeah. Even uh even two weeks ago after Oklahoma State, he stuck to that tune. Right. And then this week we see just a little bit of all right, <laughs> a little bit of honesty. Exactly, all right, we're exactly. we did not tackle well. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. were not a good tackling football program no, th- this week, and and which I think was, I think was neat. I mean, come on, coach, it, your players aren't stupid. I yeah. mean, they, they know if they didn't play. Well. And we saw Skyler take it. Yeah. I mean, he said put this loss on me, which I don't agree with that either. No, uh, but so it's uh. I like that Coach Klyman starting to come into a little bit of, all right, let's get off this uh, positive, you know, let, let's pat these millennials on the back kind yeah, of yeah. kind of tune, and and I mean, I'm a, I don't know, I got my face ripped off plenty of times, and it yeah. motivated me.
3: Yeah, and I think, I'm, and I'm for letting the kid know, or a young person know, say, hey, I'm not okay with the way you played. Um, I still love you, but I expect this out of you, and if you're going to be a starter, you have to make these plays. And if you don't make this play, next man up. And I think those kids need to have that pressure on yep. them, and that's just the nature of high-level collegiate, NFL, high school football. You got to have pressure; it's part of it.
2: And well, no offense to these kids, but wait till you get to life. Oh, 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 yeah, <laughs> do this or you're fired, and you you and your wife go hungry? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Talk about pressure. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, you got anything else to say about about Baylor? Uh,
3: I want to. I want to kind of bypass Baylor as much as possible because you know, hey, kudos to Baylor. Congrats! You earned that win. They dominated. It is what it is. But you know, kind of a word to to the current K State family and the K State uh, football team. You know, it, people forget this is coach's first season, and I think we kind of expected way. We had higher expectations after those first three games. You know, and and I can see it's human nature. But you got to understand, the Big 12 is a quality conference. And there are other new coaches out there, but Baylor's coach is not new. Oklahoma State coach is not new. They understand football and they have quality assistance just as we do. So don't panic. You know, I understand it's frustrating. Keep coming to the games. The boys need you as fans. And one thing I will say, I was really impressed with the student section on Saturday because they stayed the majority of the game, and they were pumped up, and it was good to see a full stadium uh, for the Big 12 home opener. So, um, you know, I don't like losing. I know you don't like losing. I hate to see my teams lose, but uh, be, be patient. Give them a chance. I think they're going to be okay.
2: Yeah, I think they'll be all right. As long as we have no more 99-yard drives <laughs> that start in front of our awesome student section Yes, and in front of my seats right there, I was like, oh man this is uh that that i mean that one, that one hurt after that I was like oh boy this is a, this is not good
3: on a positive let's give a shout out to the punter
2: shoot ansel he
3: he he had a gr- i thought he had a great game Heck yeah he he did phenomenal and he yeah. doesn't give enough credit in the kicking game as far as that that was a bright spot yeah that he was a bright that spot. one
2: inside the two so I, I sit in the north end zone and so that punt was coming right towards me and i thought he I thought he shanked it. I mean, <laughs> off off the foot. I was like, "Oh, that's not a good one." And the next thing I know, it's it's landing at the two yard line, about one yard from the from the out of bounce line, so at the sidelines. So, and then he had another good one that I think got called back. Yeah, yeah. And then he didn't. It wasn't a not a bad punt, but it wasn't an inside the five punt. No. On the on the redo. So, yeah, Antle's doing well. And yeah. he gets pumped up. He and does. I mean, he I love punters.
3: Yeah, he's a good-looking kid. i tell you what, I love to see him punt, but I don't want to see him punt.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know.
3: If that makes sense. I don't like our offense going three and out and seeing him come out to punt. So, let's try to limit his action as much as possible.
2: Yep. So, well, I think it's safe to say we need uh, to it, – it's kind of funny because it's not – you know a lot of times you can pin it down to one thing it's like now we we need we need a little better play from everyone so yeah, yeah. we need a little better tackling on the defense we need a little more pressure on the quarterback we need skyler to play a little better we need the uh, offensive line to play a lot better and we need receivers to play a lot better
3: so yeah. <laughs> and we need guys to get healthy get yes. healthy <laughs>
2: yes once uh i'll be excited to hopefully we can get malik back here uh you know towards the tail end of the season and uh get 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 healed up and it's uh Go from there. Yeah. So.
3: yeah. uh we're we'll gonna take a break here, coming up uh pretty soon and uh come back and uh reconnect one of my old uh college buddies, Mike Lawrence, running back out of Florida. We came in together as freshmen, uh young and impressionable and not having a clue. When you come from Texas and Florida to good old Manhattan, Kansas <laughs> <laughs> It's a uh different environment, but I, I believe that we both uh, adapted well and end up having uh, good careers here academically and athletically and, and uh, definitely uh, enjoyed our time here uh, and Coach Snyder and his staff in their earlier years. So we'll be reconnecting with our former Case state running back Mike Lawrence here shortly.
0: The Tannehill and Spiller Powercat Podcast is sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. The Fridge is your source for all of your tailgate and party needs. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring! And now we return to the Tannehill and Spiller Power Cat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor.
3: Mike, what's going on, man? What's up, big boss? Hey, trying to make it. Uh, Trav and I are sitting here talking about Saturday's game and the year so far. Uh, before we get started, uh, tell me about what you got going on. What's
1: going on with Mikey Lawrence? Uh, right now man I'm back down in Tampa currently working as an offensive coordinator um at a high school, Wharton High School down in Tampa area. So before that, was in college coaching for a little bit, but now back in the high high school range.
3: You like you liking being back in the high school?
1: Uh I do for the most part, but you know, miss college coaching. You know, it's a lot easier. don't have to deal with parents as much, but <laughs> the big things, you know, that's what makes it a little bit different. But, you know, the game is what it is, and trying to give back to the young men to be able to help them, give them the opportunity to be able to go on and play college ball. So having that background now under my belt, you know, being a college coach, I can, you know, better prepare these kids to be able to have an opportunity.
2: Yeah, probably you can't. Uh, you know, at the college program at the end of the day, you can just tell them to pack their bags and head home. <laughs> it probably yeah, doesn't yeah. work in a, in a school system down and down. In Florida.
1: Not in school system down here, but you know the main thing you just send them home for the day. Yep. You know that's the difference. You know, like you said, we hey man, you better you can pack your stuff, go back where you came from, and we appreciate you. But you know it's different. You know you want to teach them how to be more disciplined and how to be able to, you know, be a better player. So then that way when they go in, um, they're better prepared. That's one of the things I think that's good with me being back there because a lot of the kids, you know, they straight got, you know, you, you have different types, you know, today you got stars, but you got different type of kids who, have the ability to play the game, but they don't really still understand the game because they're just playing off of pure talent. But teaching it now is completely different right. than before.
3: No, I'm with you on that. I'm currently uh, at the high school level as well. Let's um, kind of switch over real quick. Now, you you came yep. back in 93, and you were surrounded yep. by a bunch of other good backs. Now, K-State runs a multi-back Uh, rotation system, and I'm I'm pretty sure you've got some of the games. You play with J.J. Smith, Leon, uh, Eric Hickson, uh, Dedrick Kelly, Rod Schiller, a Mm -hmm. bunch of other guys. Leon Edwards. Yeah, Leon Edwards (laughs) as well. Yeah, you're a great back yourself. Now, coming in, you know, what was the feel like knowing that you had so many guys in the backfield that could – Run the ball and make plays, and it's kind of similar to what Coach Kleinman has right now as far as the rotation and ability. What is your thoughts on this um, K State running back class 2019?
1: Oh, well, let me speak first on us and our <laughs> class and where we came in because you know you and I came in the same year, and the big thing and the difference was it was a big learning curve. So the first thing in being able to come in, and it was about learning what you have going on, and then the next thing was competing. You know, as it came in for our second year, you know, now it was about competing and being able to have the, the fall back on a guy who has the ability to be able to still play. But what ended up happening for us, you know, it's, it's – you had each person having had different style, but at the same time they could rely on each one of those guys to get the job done. You know as far as the class and what climbing has, I think the biggest thing is is playing the position. you get the rotation I, I, I will say this and I think uh, I can speak for them a little bit. is who has the hot hand. You gotta go with that first. You know, you can't shuffle in and out different backs because now you got the carousel and somebody who has the hot hands and they're tearing it up and they're going. You gotta go with that because it it breaks up your your game of being in a zone and being able to um, be able to. To be able to perform like you need to. You know, that's the difference Mm -hmm. as far as playing. You know, I mean, it's just hard. You know, it's hard to stay in the groove and stay um level headed, you know, because I, I, I could tell you each one of those backs, they like, I wanna play. I wanna <laughs> play more. I wanna be able to have the ball a lot more. Oh, yeah. So it's it's it gets it, they made we we loved each other. Don't get it twisted now. Like we right. supported, had each other back and you know, one of the biggest competition for me was Eric Hickson. Oh yeah. Because you know, that, that we was a duo and oh, that yeah. was the difference between, you know, him and I it was like we were, hey, like we can go in and you're not gonna skip a beat with each one of us. No, either one because you're gonna perform. Right. But for these guys to basically, you know, now now they're saying, well, who's gonna start? Who's gonna get the ball? Now, am I gonna get the ball this way? And it's just they got to get in the rhythm. So you got to go with who's having the hot hand and whoever's balling and playing up. Now, the thing is, is watching it. You know, certain certain ones do certain things. Yes. Yeah. And that's the dynamics and the difference. Where well, far as in our class, and even with JJ them and all of us, we could all do it all. Yeah. So we can pass pro, we can run, we can catch out of the backfield, line up as as a receiver as it needs to be. So it's just different right. you know you, you everybody's not going to be happy it's <laughs> just, that's just how it's going to be yeah
2: you know yeah. but it's a, a tough
1: balance,
2: ahead, sorry that's a tough balance of riding the hot hand and keeping guys fresh i know yeah. i always i'm sure coaches struggle with that i mean i would struggle with that even as a player It was like all right like yeah i don't like getting yanked out every other play throwing in you know those yep. t- 10 personnel all wide receivers i hated that i hated being <laughs> I on, the, on the sideline but also it's like man i've played like Six drives in a row for you know seven snap drives. Like give me, give me just one series and I'll be good to go. Yep. And so yeah, yep. it definitely it's a it's a tough balance and keeping guys fresh. So when they do able when they are able to hit a hole with some uh, with some speed, they got the legs to to make a big play. But also, uh you know, they, and they got a feel for the game, so they're in there enough. I remember as a quarterback in high school, I mean we ran the ball all the time. So coach would ask me to throw yeah. it like you know on third and nine, the most important part of the game. Like coach, I haven't thrown a ball in two. Hours uh-huh. like how am I supposed to throw, how am I supposed to throw a, ball, like a you know a perfect twelve yard out route from the far hash and oh it drove me nuts which is kind of what you're talking about on that running back spot
1: yeah yeah it's, it's, it's just a thing that man as, and being a back you know you can have fresh legs but if you're not getting warmed up and getting in there and getting in the fire then it makes it tough for you to be able to really perform when it's. Your opportunity. I mean, and that's the thing with those guys, you know, everybody wants to get in. He has a nice little rotation that's going on, but. If you were to ask them guys, <laughs> and you look at it and you see who's getting the ball, right, uh, it, it it ends up becoming now, and this is what probably transfer or happens later on, mm-hmm. who's been most productive, right, right.
3: Now, that, you get what I'm saying? Now I'm with you and I get it, and and that can happen in any position: running backs, mm-hmm. um, D backs, the receivers. receivers yep. you know, and and those guys, those skill offensive positions. They're guys who feel like, "Hey, I'm the dude. I'm the best. Put me on the field." Mm-hmm. Let me ask yep. you this, Mike, because I know you' big in the fashion. Uh, you like yep. the design stuff. What, what's your thoughts on the the, the, the most recent uniforms?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I have my I do have my own sports label right now, but uh, I think, I mean, it's for us. I mean, you think about this, Monty. If we had that, that made us feel just Man. a little bit more. I mean, it. It, and it's and it's across the board. Now you know, it, it, far let me answer your question. The question is, is how do I like the uniform? Right. The uniforms are fly, regardless <laughs> of the fact. <size. laughs> now I can see, I can see that thing in all white. Right. Now we just going like whoa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But <laughs> I'm with you. The thing is, is it's what everybody say. You know, look good, play good. She'll, she'll look good, feel good, play good. You know, for us. You know how we were. We came off a a, a a tree where it doesn't matter how you look. It's going to still come down to the production right. of what you do. Mm-hmm. Now, if it was me... I'd have pulled them white things out against KU. <laughs> That's what I would have brought that thing out. That was when it would have been just like, whoa, like, boy. But they look good, man. I mean, it's, it's a different look for them, of course, because they're so used to the traditional, but, right. you know, they still had that purple. But it doesn't – it all's going to come down to – how the kids feel about it, because that's one. I mean, Monty, you're at high school. You know how it is. Oh, I yeah. mean, oh, yeah. kids, they all about how they look. Right. And now you look at these other colleges. They have these different uniforms. Well, K State. I mean, before. I mean, you know when, um, <laughs> Coach, uh, what was his name that was there um, from Junction City? What was his name, Coach?
3: Uh, from JC, which coach? Uh,
1: the one that came from Virginia. Winter Pro, oh, what's his name? Prince, Prince. Prince, yeah, Ron Prince. I'll try, I'll try yeah, to Ron, it. Ron was, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, see, but that was the thing. Ron went in and kind of tried to change it and all that other stuff. It didn't kind of go well, but it was what people felt. Now this is a different type of feel, you know, moving forward, and they're just trying to give them, they're trying to give them a, a edge. And that's why I think that change came on that day. They wanted the edge, you know, make them feel good about whatever else. Because I I am sure, regardless of the fact that was going to be in the plan of what they were going to rock those at some point in time, they had a loss. Maybe that was the what they needed to get them, get them going and get them back on track. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I so.
2: Yeah, I think they. But were, I liked them. Yeah, yeah, I think they were trying to just forget about a bad Oklahoma State loss and trying yep. to get, get, get the game week practice back on the back on the right track. And I always thought yeah. K State's jerseys were at like an awkward like. Like, there's, oh, the traditions. There's like, yeah, we got traditions from the 80s and the 90s, but it's not like Alabama from like the 1920s. Like, those are traditional yeah. uniforms. We're at this like third, yeah. 80, 90s. Like, they're good looking uniforms, but they're not like, oh, they're so historic that we can't change them. And it's like, no, let's, yeah. uh, let's change them well, up a little bit. And I'm cool. I think, I mean, the, I think the white pants and white helmets, I mean, I'd be cool with those being the primary home uniforms. Those are <laughs> awesome, right? So. They, they
1: clean now. they yeah. clean. Yeah. I bet this is what, oh, go ahead. No, you're
3: good. You're good. No, I'm with you on that, Mike. I, you know, hey, who, who knows? We might go white on white on white when we go to launch. Uh, you know, that, that, hey, that, hey, and I'll be right there, rocking it with
1: him. You know what I yep. mean? So. <laughs> I'll be the same. No, now Monty, let me ask you a quick question. Go ahead, man. How do you think? How do you think Coach Snyder felt about those uniforms? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> you, you want the you want the politically correct answer? <laughs> yeah,
1: but you're
3: gonna have to do it. <laughs> oh, no, you know, I, I think Coach probably was. I'm assuming somebody probably went to Coach and prepared him for it. Say, hey, listen, Coach, this is what's happening. This is what's going down. And, you know, and even if Coach didn't agree with it, I'm pretty sure he gave it his blessing because I truly believe that Coach understands that you know um, we have to allow coach climbing to make it his you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I think Coach Snyder, you know, he may not agree with it, but I think he probably gave it his blessing because he wants Coach Klyman to be successful. He wants the program to be successful, and he probably gave him his blessing. But his initial thought, I can only imagine. <laughs> Shoot, Maynard yeah, doesn't yeah. like
2: change. Which, uh, yeah. Mike, you brought up KU and Lawrence twice now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there real quick. And, and since, okay. we, since we brought up Coach Snyder as well, First off, did you, you, I'm assuming you saw the story of KU's basketball night with <laughs> uh, with Snoop Dogg, with there being, like, stripper poles and dancers. And, and the first yeah. thing that went through my mind was, I mean, first off, the AD and Coach Self, like, played the – I, I didn't know that. No one told me. And it's <laughs> like I played for a coach that, like, you couldn't sneeze in that building without him knowing. I mean, he just had his hand yeah. in everything, and everything had to get approved and, and by him. Yeah. But I mean, what's what's your thoughts on what's going down there in Lawrence and and, and just I mean that's just mind-boggling to me.
1: Uh, I say this: uh, they trying to bring attention to the program. They're doing exactly that, you know. <laughs> because you got to think about it. I mean, and there's no disrespect to them, but I'm a I'm a Wildcat for life. They not spoke about when it comes to football. So what do you have to do in order for them to be able to be spoke about football? You know what I'm saying? There's always, it's we know that, that a lot of the questions is, is why did Les Miles take that job and why, you know, why KU when he could have went anywhere else? Well, you know, he wants to be that guy to turn that program around and bring some life into it and everything else. But for uh, somebody to say they had no idea, Come on,
2: man. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it's Snoop Dogg, and I like Snoop. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm like, come on. So, hey, you, as an out-of-state guy, I grew up in Kansas City, so I've, I've hated yep. KU for, you know, decades now. <laughs> yeah. um, showing up into Manhattan, Kansas, I mean, this is a place that Monty and I both live and choose to live here now. Yep. And yep. love yep. it. What was your impressions, you know, getting off the bus, getting off the plane that first time in that uh, for the feel oh, of Manhattan and then also the hatred? Uh, of Lawrence, Kansas.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, well, the feeling of getting off the bus was my ass is ready to go back home. <laughs> <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> I am from I am from Miami, Florida, where you know things is just real wild. But I'm gonna tell you, you know, being there and being a part of everything that transpired. Monty will tell you we're probably you know we're a part of a program, and we decided first class that really. Set the foundation. You look at when Monty and I played, there was no time where you had cats acting a fool or doing anything else. The man set his expectation and we went out and executed, and it wasn't about anything else but being dominant. You know what I'm saying? And being a part of that, you know, we never lost to KU. Mm-hmm. And when we played, and when I mean, I performed some of my best games. Against KU. Yes, you know, me and, me and Eric, you know, we were first back, and it's probably still record in history for the two backs to go over, over 100 yards against them multiple times. So, you know, I don't hate KU, but I love playing against KU. And <laughs> it, it just was a good thing. And Manhattan, Kansas, you know, my daughter was born there, so I am my oldest. So, I'm forever indebted to being a part of you know the K-State family and what it did and how it you know molded me. Because even when I graduated, I left and I came back and I was living in Manhattan, Kansas, for a good little while and everything else. So you know, you guys choose to live in a place that is way beyond what we what it was when we first lived there. I mean, it's developed so much, so we can't. We got to call it the, the mini apple instead of the little apple because we can't really call it the big apple because we're in between that. It's right. grown so much now. Right. You guys know that from being there. So it's a great place. Good you know? know? I mean. Hey, you real know, quick! I, I love
3: it. Real quick, yep. before I let you go, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna bring back some memories for you. And you were aware of this obviously <laughs> because you were there. And a lot of people may not know, you and I were fortunate enough to play arena ball um, after yep. college down in Tennessee. And, and, and
1: won a championship. And won a
3: championship down there as well. <laughs> Yep, and, uh, yep. and, and it's funny because, you know, when we got there, you know, Kansas State, people knew about Kansas State, but that's SEC country down there in Tennessee and Knoxville. And they yep. were all about this, which is great, which is fine. But I think they had a new respect for Kansas State after the fact because, believe me, you know, I'm, I'm a talker, but I don't I didn't talk nearly as much as Mike on the field. Oh, <laughs> you <laughs> And, I didn't have to talk. But, but Michael, he'll score a touchdown, and he'll look at you and, and remind you, hey, that was you. You know, he, he, he'll let you know, I just ran you over, I just outran you, I just scored on you. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, yeah. he, and he did kick off returns for, for us, too, and he played a little receiver as well at the backfield. Yeah. But uh, it was one thing about it. Our coaches down there knew about the program we came from and understood oh, that, yeah. hey, these guys, we put them on the field, they have a thing to worry about. You know, and that's something yeah,
1: we just Yeah, we are going yeah, they're going to they're gonna perform. And that was one of the things, is, you know, as Monty would tell you, as he just elegantly put it, you know, they respected us more because even after that, right. uh, Monty, I don't know if you remember, but the next following year, 2001, after that year, they go to... Um, the Cotton Bowl play against the University of Tennessee, Tennessee. and walked oh, that ass. Yeah. I remember. He <laughs> <laughs> showed out. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I
3: remember yeah. very well. So, so yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, man, it was great. You know, you was a great teammate. Yeah, yeah. Done. You know, we helped each other. To, uh, come, I still say to this day, I don't care what nobody said. Monty. We, by far, that '93 class, <laughs> who can, who can come compare, dog? Uh, come, think about. Each one of us accomplished and achieved. I'm with you. you know I mean, yeah. ballers all the way across the bar. Now yeah. I ain't gonna say it, it cool. ain't no great players that came that came through there, but we just had that bond It was was unbelievable. Nah, so, was good. Yeah. Well, Mike, good. I, appreciate I, appreciate,
3: I appreciate you taking time for us, man. It's always good to hear. No you. problem, man. When you are back in Manhattan, look you us well. up and uh, come come out, and uh, we'll have you up here.
1: Time soon, man. I'm probably looking at that KU game, by the way. All right, holler nice. me let me yeah. know.
2: We'll, we'll both be there, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll thanks for there. coming on. Best of luck the rest of the All year right. for you, you and your guys. I appreciate
1: it, gentlemen. You guys have a good evening. I'll talk
2: to you soon.
3: All right, Mike, take it easy.
2: Well, that'll do it for uh, for Monty and I. Thanks for joining us. Have a uh, talk to you guys. I, I, I don't think – shoot, we should know this, but will we be on a bye week? I, I don't know if we'll – I don't know if we'll shoot an episode next week. Yeah, we'll,
3: see. we'll find we'll find out.
2: Yeah, we'll find out. You so <laughs> we'll, we'll see if anything exciting happens. If anyone else gets a uh, and enters the transfer pool, or uh, <laughs> we didn't even get to that. So oh, or uh, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll see how the Chiefs do 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 this week as well. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about a little Chiefs action. So uh, until next time, thanks for joining us. Go Cats! Thank
0: you. You've been listening to the Tannehill and Spiller Power Cat Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.